CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag healthcare. How social media monitoring can improve patient care. That's the topic for today. And our guests are Jerry Lewis, who's the Vice President of IT Strategy and Business Development, Ascension Health. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm well, Sanjok. How are you? Life is good? Life is great. Awesome. Now, we have Christopher Wood, who is the Chief Medical Information Officer with Loyola University Health System. How are you, Chris? Good, Sanjog. Thanks for having me today. Great, great. Now, social media, as we all see, is becoming integral to how we communicate and also learn about the world around us. So does it have any impact on how we learn about our uh, ailments, how we select the treatment and, and the treatment provider? Is there an opportunity for the healthcare provider to listen to such social media conversation and develop strategies as well as, in some form or fashion, positively impact patient care? Please uh, continue to listen in as we explore these questions. So the first question goes to you, Jerry. When we look at the healthcare industry and we have taken, we, we take pride in that industry that everything that we do has to be very predictable and it has to be well-researched because the human life is at stake. Do you think this is a breath of fresh air or uh, inviting risk into a relatively conservative industry? by well, inviting I, social media? Well, I, I think it provides a, a breath of fresh air. I think social media, at least from our experience, uh, allows us to understand the unique perspective of, a, of the patient, really helps caregivers understand the personal side of health and well-being, which extends over a larger period of time uh, than just a, a sample office visit. Um, you know, as we look at social media, I mean, it really starts to provide some of the qualitative aspects of sickness and wellness. I mean, we're all familiar with the pain scale. Social media, from our perspective, really starts to provide a way for us to measure how someone's feeling, but also provides a compelling case for connectedness and, and uh, dialogue to not only the patient, but the family, caregivers, and others who are uh, in similar um, um, similar circumstances, so we feel that it's a, a great opportunity for us to really start to broaden uh, our uh, ability to connect with communities, connect with our patients um, in a much more effective way. So, Chris, do you think, like based on what Jerry just mentioned, is it to connect? Is it to listen? Is it to find problems? If you were to take the top three intents behind inviting social media into the healthcare delivery, what would those be? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's it's because it's a conversation that it's helpful. I mean, it's it's really been, a, I think, a challenge for us to listen, as you say, to what uh, all of us as individuals in the community are wanting with respect to healthcare. And, and it is helpful. It's helpful that we get to see how uh, people perceive us. It's helpful for our uh, specialists to be able to reach out and say, did you know that we do this, that we offer this, that we can, we can help you in this way? I think it's helpful um, to be able to, to, to reach out and provide people with sound information, but also to hear 
some of the good information that's out there uh, and some of the misinformation. I think, I think it's also helpful to see what people are interested in and what they're talking about. That's, that's fascinating. And we need to engage in that and listen to that to, to be better partners. So, Jerry, part of your title is business development, and I'm not sure what does that mean. However, would you think that there is a marketing angle to this new uh, inclusion of a channel where the message, of course, is heard where, in terms of what the people are saying, but also as a push where you could really start saying, okay, we are a better providers than the rest because it's a competitive landscape? Well, well, absolutely, and, and uh, to tag on to what Chris just said, I mean, it, it allows us to really, um, uh, first of all, understand, um, I think, in much more detail and listen about particular issues that patients and communities are experiencing, but it also allows us to uh, provide and, and let them know about services, as, as Chris mentioned, that we offer and do offer in treatment plans and et cetera. But I think the other part of it, too, is about credibility. So I, I think as we, again, you engage in the conversation, it's about credibility. And that, to me, is, is huge in terms of, of relating to issues, concerns, and helping patients manage through particular issues. So, um, Chris, when you look at um, healthcare. Um, delivery, that whole process, would you see this only to be um, an outside peripheral source which you use at your discretion to learn and maybe inhale it and then you have an intake session and then you see what you can keep, what you can let go versus integrating that throughout the patient care life cycle? I, I think it's the latter. I, I think that, but but I think we're new at it. You know, I, I, these technologies are fairly new to the industry, as you mentioned in your in your early comments. And I think we're learning, you know, how to do it. I think another thing that that's very pertinent to the discussion about how we use social media is the discussion of um, how the uh, the business of medicine is changing, right? And it, it's. As we take on, for example, uh, risk-bearing contracts as an, as an entire organization, um, we begin to have a financial need, not just a medical need, not just a doctor-powered, you know, powered, nurse-powered need to improve the health of our communities, which has always been there. But now we take on a business need um, as organizations to improve the health of communities that are out there. And I think that we, we are learning how to reach out with social media and, and begin to have that positive impact as another tool. I mean, we employ, for example, community workers that go out and meet with people in their communities, understand their lives, understand their challenges, and can help them get to doctor's appointments and get their medicine. Um, but to, to be able to reach out even further with social media um, across the broad spectrum of people in our community and help people understand you know, what healthy behaviors are and what they're not is just an extremely powerful tool and um, we're all learning about it. It's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, and, and Sanjog, if I could just uh, add on to that, I would also say that healthcare is becoming much more of a consumer engagement. So, so, you know, how do we provide care? How do we engage? How do we ensure that folks understand how we provide healthcare at the most reasonable price, but also engaging the consumer and getting mindshare is hugely important for us and the new business models that Chris just talked about. 
while we talk about social media as a as a channel uh and and of course you were saying that you would utilize that to even push out content to treat or not treat people actually train people or share with them what is right versus not would you agree and this is a question for you chris that when we look at any online resource, that's the first easiest, most convenient resource for us to tap into, to learn about it, but we still take it with a grain of salt. And then we still go to a healthcare provider. So do you think your knowledge being shared in online media actually undermines what people will consider as appropriate and, and your effort would not really yield that type of benefit that you would have otherwise expected because it is online? Um, I, I don't think so. I, I, it's an interesting question. Cert, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that, um, you know, people can read, uh, something I, I think first to go back, I think everybody, uh, so many people are connected with social media and is for so many people, the first thing they do every day. And as they read through, then they'll see this article and that article. And I agree. I, I think that people do tend to look at, uh, postings that come out of healthcare organizations broadly as, um, something that they could uh, uh, trust in if they went and, and read about it. The question is, are they interested? Is it a topic that they care about? Um, and we're, we're finding through our monitoring of our use of, of uh, social media, what are the things that people do come to our website or to our uh, electronic newsletters to find more about? Um, you know, what is successful there versus, you know, what are things that people really aren't interested about? So I don't think we're losing trust by being out there. I think we need to be part of the conversation. But as Jerry said earlier, we need to be, um, you know, authentic in what we're saying and not try to, to uh, you know, put a whole bunch of marketing that feels like marketing out there. Uh, the, the more true we can be to who we are and what we do and what's good for you as a member of our community uh, I think the better experience people will have with us. Now, um, Jerry, if you were to look at the way you approach this whole social media or including social media into your approach to how you do an outreach, how do you take that um, input from social media and bring it into a meaningful, um, actionable uh, analytics or items that you will put into place? What does that look like? Is that something which is similar to any other type of listening we have been doing over the years uh, through other channels, like surveys and others? Is that similar to it? Well, I would say no, it's not It's not similar to what we've, we've done in the past because the conversations can vary so greatly. Uh, and, and, and so that's, that, that, I think, is, is, you know, as we look at social media, um, you, you, the conversations are, 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 are across, you know, varied topics. I think, you know, the messaging and the actions, you know, we try to listen not only, you know, to, to patients, but as Chris said, industry experts and policymakers, all in the interest of providing more informed care uh, for, for the patients and the communities that we're privileged to serve. So we believe that social media starts to provide us with uh, reliable and actual insights simply because it empowers those to use it uh, to provide the ability to have feedback, generate dialogue, and be better informed um, on particular issues that re are very relevant to them. So, uh, you know, in terms of analytics, we're, again, as Chris mentioned earlier, we're still scratching the surface in terms of how we're starting to look at those and how we want to respond to those. But, but 
the the challenge we have here it's not just you know taking a taking a a, a, a predefined survey uh, it's just the variability and uh, of the landscape that we're dealing with uh, is something that we're still again trying to make sure that that we are looking at those and we have appropriate actions to to manage the the conversations that we're engaged with. You know, Sanjog, if I could uh, add on to what Jerry's saying there just a little bit, I think that um, that uh, one of the things about social media commentary uh, that's different from a survey is that people realize when they're taking a survey that they're giving feedback to the surveyors. And when they are talking on social media, in, in large part, they're talking to their friends or to their family. And so it's a different type of... Uh, maybe a different depth of feedback that we're getting. And, and if we can um, listen to that in structured ways, we can really learn about what people think about their health, what's important, what they think about us, um, our, our service, our, our offerings, and um, in, in ways that are different than we could learn from a survey. Now, would you say, and to your point, Chris, if you are th thinking that there will be uh, people talking to their relatives, do you think the level of openness you would expect from anyone, including yourself and I, talking about an ailment which we may have or we think we may have, would we be that open? And in case we are open, they are talking about that, I'm assuming, in a private channel versus telling my grandmother that I've got this issue on, on Facebook and openly. Well, how will I, you get access? Is what what the what, what the question is? Yeah, this is uh, well. You know, access to that is interesting. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think organizations are currently, uh, you know, in general, healthcare organizations in general, sophisticated to the point where they're actively looking for what uh, people are saying back and forth through public channels to their family members. I'm talking more about comments that they might make on a post that we have put out. But it, it is true. It's surprising how, uh, how relaxed we are as a society with our private information in these public settings. Um, I, I'm also a physician, and uh, I have friends who have um, posted, not private messaged me, but posted to my Facebook page pictures of themselves with healthcare questions. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I quickly uh, give them a call and say, hey, you might want to take that down. That's not, I mean, it's fine if you want to share, but you need to understand I can't respond to that <laughs> legally. Uh, you know, so uh, we have to educate people about what is appropriate to share, but people are much more willing to share what's going on in their lives and ask questions in these public methods than, than you would have assumed, you know, 15 years ago before this all started. Yeah, we've seen the exact same thing. People are much more open on these types of channels uh, than than we would have expected. And Chris is absolutely right. We've seen the same kind of posts that you you, you have to have a you, you they they share very personal information in a very public forum, uh, and that sometimes they might not say face to face. So interesting phenomenon. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, Jerry, I come back to you, and let's. Let's see if you have two or three or four items that you, with your effort into getting some information out of social media, has given the insights which you would have otherwise not uh, gathered or garnered from other sources. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore.
HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Jerry, see if you could share a few examples of the type of insights we could get from social media or, or you or your organization or others that you know have been able to gather, which otherwise was not coming through or not you were not able to get from other channels? Well, I think a, a couple of things. Um, you know, one of the things that we're able to do here more real time is really measure the voice of, of the customer and really sentiment uh, about um, how they feel uh, about either service that we have provided very well or service that we have not provided to meet their needs. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned, you know, we uh, earlier that we, you know, measure trends, influencers, and, and how do we reach, what's our reach look like? And so one of the things that we've been able to do with this, uh, you know, a couple of poignant examples are to really look at where service is going on real time that we've had challenges with and people start either tweeting or putting stuff out on social media to um, to uh, uh, help us alert us to their displeasure, and so we've been able to look at that, and we're starting to react more quickly, so we can address some of those uh, not not exactly real time, but there soon after, so we can we can uh, do service recoveries very much more quickly versus looking at something that was um, that uh, an outcome that was uh, not as uh, anticipated a month uh, into arrears, so we can actually do much more. Uh, be much more active in, in engaging and looking at stories that are that are coming out of social media and how do we start to either engage in the conversation, uh, prepare for a conversation with patients uh, much more effectively than we have been able to do in the past. So, um, Chris, when you look at your world and you have come in with a specific role, which may be more internal processes uh, at least from from the title, it seems like. But do you see uh, an inclusion of social media related information and data that is getting collected and utilized and integrated 
in your uh, process optimization and better patient care and better information management? Well, in, in my role as a CMIO, and I think this is probably true for all CMIOs, the, the, the um, work we need to do is exactly along the lines of your questioning um, because it's not just about uh, our customers. Uh, the CMIO's customer isn't just the uh, internal clinician or um, the internal uh, uh, clinical business leader anymore. Um, the customer really is, um, you know, all of the people that might access information systems at the healthcare organization, and uh, most of that access, turns out, uh, uh, for information anyway, comes from patients. And so we do need to be aware of that and planning for it and, and making sure that, uh, that we're providing the services that we need and also uh, that we're, you know, learning um, in the ways that we need to. It's surprising, you know, to go back to the question that um, you asked, uh, Jerry, some of the things that we learn from monitoring um, how people access our our systems are very interesting and, and helpful to us. We, we do know, for example, that people do like to hear seasonal-related health issues. For example, we had a, um, a, an, article, an, inter, uh, an article for our patients that was on our website uh, that's about why do, you want, why do you crave sweet things? And it kind of came out in, in the fall when we all start to <laughs> you know, crave sweet things a little bit more. And uh, uh, you know, as a physician, you might say, well, you know, people will probably like that. But, the st- you know, turning to the statistics of how many times people do open that tells us that they, you know, that they do go for it. Uh, and they do want to learn about that. They want to learn about how to exercise and, and how to safely lose weight. And, um, and you can see that by how uh, people access your information and how they share it. Um, other interesting insights are um, things like... Uh, you know, what time of year are, are, are people accessing? Fall and spring for us are times when people access uh, our media more. Um, we find things that we didn't expect, like um, uh, that our most popular article in 2014 that people turned to was an article that actually came out of 2012. And it's just one of those things that it's, um, it's popular in the social networks. It's something that's kind of unique and that people don't find a lot of other areas where they can access that information. So when they see it, they tend to share it. Um, and, and that provides insights both, um, uh, you know, as to, as to what does become popular, what, quote, unquote, goes viral um, on the outside. And it also can help us learn on the inside that, you know, social media isn't something we entirely plan. It's organic. People, you know, you're, you're putting this out there and the community is going to take it and run with it or they're going to ignore it based on its quality. So we have this opportunity to learn. Jerry, when you look at the different things that we are learning, and of course we want to invite social media, there is supposed to be some dedicated effort, some resources applied, some funding required to do this. Or do you think, hey, this is just another thing we're going to include in the way we learn about the world outside of us? Is it, is it strategic? Is it a separate project? Or are you just kind of toying with it and you have some play money for, for trying it? And when you see some successes, that's when people will get serious about it. We, we see this as a strategic uh, imperative for us. <clears throat> I mentioned uh, consumerism earlier. Uh, we think that's going to be a key opportunity for us to engage uh, in, in the consumerism of healthcare as it uh, as the business models continue to change, 
Um, so, and it's not part-time people. I mean, we, we actually have a, a very specific digital strategy. We've got expertise, uh, uh, both from the IT side, but also from the communication side, um, looking, managing, uh, having very specific um, uh, responsibilities of, of which to continue to um, uh, enhance our presence in the, in the social media um, aspect of this uh, component of our business. We see this as, as a huge opportunity for us to continue to um, use information to better improve our services. I mean, you know, social insights, I mean, and again, they're real-time mostly. They're unbiased, uh, you know, and you have to, there's positive, and you have to be ready to manage the negative components of this. So we think it's strategic. Uh, we've invested. We will continue to invest in it because we think this is the direction um, that, that will aid us um, just from an overall care perspective. Now, when we look at the measurement and the effectiveness of whatever we are trying is working, um, Chris, whatever level of investment that may have been made and whatever listening and corresponding um, you know, actions that you may have taken, have they you know, been able to show results so that you can be positive and continue to build upon? Well, I think, you know, that's um, as far as like a patient outcomes that patient would care about. I think that's what we're building. You know, we need to build towards in our use of, of social media, the types of statistics that, that um, these systems are sort of build up to get us so far really have to do with, uh, you know, that those front end statistics, how many people are clicking on a, how many people are seeing a Facebook post, how many people are sharing that Facebook post, how many people are coming to a newsletter, um, you know things like that, and so uh, that's the the type of information that's kind of that's more it's more uh, ready to get. It's easy to get uh, the industries that have been built up around the internet to make it easy to get that. I think uh, as as we think strategically going into the future, we have to think about how can we use uh, social media as a partnering tool. Uh, one of the things we learn, for example, from the statistics that we currently have, is that. Um, in some cases, the majority of the page touches we get come from mobile devices. And uh, we know from other um, you know, research that's available that uh, people in our communities, many of which um, are financially challenged, have access to mobile devices. And so we have to begin to think strategically, how can we reach out with more specific health mess- messages or um, ease of use messages even, you know, how, how do you get to your uh, pharmacist? Did you know about this program that can help you? Did you know um, about the service that we have? How can we get those messages out to the right people in the way that they want to get this information? And, and then to, to begin to measure on the backside, what effect did that have? Did people start to um, you know, uh, uh, call their healthcare workers more frequently? Did they come in for a screening exam more frequently? Um, we do pay attention to those trends, um, but I think connecting the two is something we need to do better as an industry. Jerry, would you think uh, the intent here will be care-driven or dollar-driven with respect to social media getting included? Um, I think it's going to be both. Um, uh, you know, I, I think as the the healthcare business models change, um, uh, one of the things that is, is going that we're going to have to make sure that we do is we're going to have to ensure that 
we uh, have the appropriate levels of uh, engagement, and that can be multiple channels. That, that can be social media, that, as you stated earlier, which I, which we've also found. Um, it could be via mobile solutions, phone calls, people showing up. So we have to engage in all those, but clearly um, to provide care management, and that's typically, you know, care management for us is outside of the facilities. How to, how do we? show up and, and go to and be present to those particular links that you're engaged with. And I think that's the challenge that we have, and we see social media as one of those, uh, one of those channels for us to, to effectively engage, share, uh, and manage the, the, con- the consumer relationship uh, and care relationship. Um, clearly, as we move to much more of a risk-based model, we want to we want to actively be engaged throughout the continuum um, uh, of the patients that we serve in our communities um, much more effectively than than you know you, you get admitted you get discharged and, and and by the way we've also used social media to improve those particular processes because people were frustrated with how long it took to get registered into a, one of our facilities and then also we continue to enhance the discharge processes so we keep that engagement and those touch points with patients patients um, um, in, in a way that makes sense for them so they understand that. Let's take a quick break. Listeners will be right back and see in what all ways, of course, and there was an example just shared by uh, Jerry on the workflow side where people were not able to get registered and also if there is any impact possible on the clinical side, that is the actual curing of a disease that patient expects when they come to a healthcare uh, organization to what all degree which we uh, you know we see it can impact the delivery side which is the healthcare delivery the whole workflow and also the clinical side so let's explore this more when we come back please stay tuned hp is proud to sponsor this program Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. 
If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. Uh, so, Chris, let's look at the way we would uh, see the impact of using social media on healthcare work, like delivery workflow, which is more the process of how you go about in, you know, registering a patient, etc., compared to the actual clinical side where they are being treated. Do you see impact even, you know, uh, trickling to the treatment side as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, we do see that beginning to happen, and and the way that it that it happens, and, and and as we learn what are the right ways to reach out to people, you know, electronically, it's not always through um, social media. But uh, for example, um, when flu season comes around, and we begin to um, want to educate people about the benefits and the risks of the flu shot this year, um, and it's it's easier with social media to direct people to a workflow process. Uh, where they could, you know, find out where they get a flu shot or, you know, sign up to come in and uh, get a flu shot. So um, there are certainly those sort of workflow-related um, things that are, um, that are easier to do. Um, I think on the clinical side, uh, you know, being able to direct people in the same way uh, um, and, and then inviting them through social media to make that connection, to make that contact, is something we haven't been able to do. So it's not just about having an article anymore. You can actually provide a link where people can begin to take an action, uh, whether it's signing up for a healthcare class or a weight loss class or, uh, you know, just understanding one of our most popular articles had to do with um, uh, not wanting to, uh, not needing to live with double vision or with an eye that wanders. And, um, you know, you can learn about that, and, and it, the information can spread through social media, but the connection then is back to a service and a physician who can help uh, at our organization. So uh, I'm not sure if that's the, the, what you were looking for in that question, but uh, those are the types of things we're already seeing. And I think as, as we move forward, we can beca- begin to become more strategic about, you know, when we sit in our groups and say, how do we help people take better care of their uh, diabetes? Uh, I think that one of the checkboxes we'll have on our list of things to think through is how do we, you know, reach out to social media and have that impact. So, Jerry, what would you like to see identified or, or through the social media inclusion? What all things you would like to see be able to identify and or listen through so that it can actually help you increase the amount of impact you're able to make today? Well, <clears throat> I, you know, a, a couple things. Um, one of the things that I think will also help on the clinical side is as we see um, these online communities and support groups um, really start to get established is, is how do we engage in that and, you know, from, from a provider perspective and, and start to provide, you know, levels of um, um, uh, content to help them understand treatment opportunities, to discuss uh, the particular areas and, and more for going from general to much more concise terms. And then, how do we engage them for the, some of the next steps that that and or protocols that that would need to take place? So I think it's expanding it's expanding the reach there. And, and as we look at um, as we look at the environment, I mean, obviously, the the we continue to get uh, you know we need we continue to get more uh, uh, folks joining. So managing 
the analytics, I think, and the tools as they become much more robust uh, in the engagement. I, I think, you know, how do we take this from, from you know, a, a social media um, contact to really uh, moving that to much more of a telemedicine contact, if you will, and, and what are those uh, workflows start to look like just from an overall care perspective? Chris, when you look at uh, the compliance uh, with respect to privacy and, and otherwise it's a heavily regulated industry anyways, the devil is in the execution in many cases. Do you think that's coming to prevent or is it is it undermining in any way the overall potential that you could otherwise harness from social media? I, I don't think it's um... – I don't. I don't think so. That's a good question. You know, I think it is important for us to be um, very cautious with personally identifiable, you know, protected health information. And it, clearly, one of the things that we reach out to teach medical students, uh, you know, at Loyola, we have a, we have a lot of medical students. We have a lot of residents coming from all over the world, um, you know, to learn here. And and one of the things that we have to teach them quickly is what they can and can't share and what, you know, isn't in, uh, what, what is appropriate. Um, but I don't think that holds us back from properly using social media. Um, I, I think social media from a healthcare organization perspective does need to be much more focused on what is important, on clearing up, um, you know, the, the, or, or at least participating in the, in the national discussion uh, about um, you know, what is healthy and what is not healthy? What are the right things to do? You know, sometimes we'll see a trend come through. And maybe I'll talk about a trend that was a little older, you know, like the, the protein-based Adkins diets that were so popular, uh, you know, several years ago. Uh, with social media, we can see the, uh, um, the impact of those trends, maybe not quantitatively yet, but qualitatively we can see the impact of those trends, um, like the gluten-free diet, and we can, um, you know, have our dietitian experts or our uh, gastrointestinal experts chime into that conversation through social media by, um, you know, putting out uh, information. So I don't, think, I don't think it hampers us. I think it's doing the right thing. We, we can use, we do have uh, a patient portal that's password protected and the information that we send back and forth uh, is encrypted and it's secure. And those are, the, those are the right places to have those personal electronic discussions between patient and physician. So if we, we work really hard to educate our patients and to educate our medical students as they're coming in uh, to what our physicians know, that, that you know, there's right places to have those personal discussions and there's great places to have those general topic discussions. Now, uh, Jerry, when you look at the regulations, uh, since you may be already into trying social media and, of course, trying to maximize the potential, do you see anything that we should do to the regulation in order for you to be able to maximize uh, what can be achieved through social media? Well, you know, I, I agree with what uh, Chris just said. I mean, it's the it's the how do you ensure that the appropriate communications and, and uh, conversations are going on in the right channels? Uh, and so, uh, you know, obviously, since this is a very open channel, you know, you can choose what information you want to share. Um, and what we try to do is ensure that, you know, as as people post that, we try to inform consumers and patients and in our communities that you know, obviously this information is is protected but but I think you know one of the things that uh, you know again it's the right channel for the right conversations and I think that's so very important 
and I think you know as we as we look at this, um, you know, one of the things I think is going to happen is I think some of the regular the regulatory bodies are going to have to start to look at and look at how uh, care is delivered and how it's delivered um, and start to expand those definitions because in some states that we uh, that we have um, uh, care delivery organizations, it's pretty restrictive still. So, uh, and that goes both to care and to um, a, a cost perspective because there's a lots of things that we can continue to move forward with. But if you look at the business model, it doesn't support that. So I think they have to be hand in hand uh, from a regulatory perspective moving forward because we think that there's value in there for both the consumer and the healthcare provider in terms of starting to bend the the cost curve as well as the um, the care outcome curve. You know, if I could uh, add a little bit on, I'm just thinking a little bit more about this topic. I think it's really important. I think it's a great question you're asking, Sanjog, because there's uh, confusion, I think, um, within the healthcare industry in general, and this is in the western part of the United States as well as here in the Midwest as I come here and see this, where within the clinical uh, business realms, people are concerned about sharing information that's completely appropriate for them to share. What I mean is if they have uh, information about a patient and that patient goes to a different doctor, um, you know, that, that new doctor would like to have all of that information that we have, and it's completely appropriate for us to share that information. And sometimes you'll get a position that misunderstands that the HIPAA laws actually protect the sharing of that information and make it so that we can do that, Right. Um, and, and that we want to do that. Now, we still have to keep an audit trail of who we shared the information with if a patient ever wants to come back, and that adds administrative burden that I think is unintended. You know, keeping a list of, um, of who saw every piece of information ever and that does add some technical and administrative burden and cost to the healthcare industry that maybe not uh, wasn't intended. So I think People who make policy need to recognize uh, and think through the unintended consequences of the policy. The other thing I think is really interesting is, um, you know, the HIPAA laws protect the, the sharing of information for the transaction of the clinical business. And so what does that mean when we talk about the transactions of the clinical business being healthcare related? Uh, an example would be um, being able to share, what if a patient wants to share their family history data with um, uh, th their social network. Now, certainly patients are able to do that now. They can just, you know, put on their Facebook page, here's, here's my family tree and here's a, everyone who had cancer if they wanted to do that. But what if uh, um, healthcare organizations found that it was useful to the practice of, uh, of medicine um, to encourage that type of behavior? Well, we'd really have to think through the regulations of, of how that information might be able to share uh, be shared and how it wouldn't be able to be shared. And I, my sense is that it would be fairly cumbersome considering the current clarification of, of the laws. Now, uh, if you were to look at the situation where the healthcare providers or, say, doctors, they want to be out there on their own and speaking about something. And if they are self-motivated, that's awesome. They're helping out. But at the same time, as an organization, you want to have a select few what PR trained, and that's of course is a reality, so that they don't cause more damage than good. How do you control this ecosystem in a form and create a controlled freedom, if you will, of expression? Can you create, and this is for you, Jerry, so that 
we are able to have the people be themselves as they are sharing what they want to share. But at the same time, there is an alignment to what a health a healthcare organization wants to see discussed in the open forum in social media. Yeah, we, we try. We try. Actually, what we're 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 doing is we've um, we're creating a certification um, program for our social media practitioners, if you will. You know, basically about you know the policies and procedures, some of the do's and don'ts, and really how to effectively engage in these social conversations, and what are those best pra- what are those best practices uh, in terms of integrating social media efforts, data into clinical systems, uh, events, and such, so that we look at the whole ecosystem, if you will, because we definitely, uh, you know, you're right, you know, providers on their own will will engage, which is wonderful. But we want to make sure that, you know, it, it, we've got some guardrails so that they can, uh, you know, be out there uh, impacting and discussing, but also just understand some of the, you know, the guardrails that are, that are out there. And then how do we look at, you know, the, the, the entire context from the social media side? And then as we transition to what that private clinical looks like, you know, what's, what's the appropriate way and appropriate venues um, and conversations that should be had on both those particular channels? So, so we're trying to make sure that we've got – so we're not overly prescriptive, but we put um, a framework in place to uh, effectively uh, manage within those particular environments. Would you say those are loose guidelines or they are very stringent So, because compliance is involved? Here? Well, I think since this is a growing market, they're fairly loose, um, at least on the social media side. Obviously, from a regulatory perspective, on the clinical side, they're very uh, stringent. Um, and I think the, the the transition between the two is something that that we're still uh, learning and understanding and getting um, experience with. So I think that that continues to uh, evolve uh, as we get better and smarter about our approaches in social media from a clinical perspective. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Chris would love to uh, talk about the areas where the patients who are seeing. Uh, healthcare providers and their representatives, essentially doctors or whosoever is imparting the education, are there and and they are maybe uh, imparting knowledge just for the sake of imparting knowledge or there could be a marketing bent. How is that being perceived by the patients and is that a turnoff or is it actually helping the organization in the very cause which had them uh, go in this direction? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. 
transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Chris, uh, people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. And while we are not trying to sell there, but if they get a whiff of that, it's going to be turned off and it could do more damage to your PR or people will silently start building a distaste and that could bring your social media down. How do you control that and how do you manage it? Well, I I think that um, for those that are listening out there, I mean, I I think you're absolutely right on. Uh, We all have that social media friend who um, is just posting you know, uh, in a way that's annoying. And, and, you know, I think that's the whole reason that Facebook has an unfollow. <laughs> you know, I can still be your friend. If they check and see I'm still your friend, but I'm not following you anymore, they can't see that I'm not following you anymore. And as a healthcare organization, you don't want to be unfollowed, right? And, and I think that if, uh, if organizations are, are just marketing, um, you know, Putting out, you know, uh, hey, we're here for you. Uh, you know, the world is happy and sunshiny, and it's because of us. <laughs> That's not going to work for you. I think what we've found to be successful at Loyola is just telling people what we really deeply care about. Here, here are physicians and the services that they offer. Not as a means. Not we're not we're not saying um, please come in and get this service. Everyone needs a hip replacement. You know, <laughs> that's not what we're saying. But we're saying we have this doctor. He's concerned about this particular issue. He's done research on it. Here's here's his research, and and this doctor works uh, here at Loyola. I think that's a, that's um. It, uh, the subtlety of that is something that people, uh, they understand that we are trying to say we're proud of who we are. You know, we're proud of what we do. We're proud of what we can offer the community. When we, when we have more um, general topics, the, 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 the message needs to be more about the patient, more about the consumer, and more about the information, and much less about the healthcare organization so that people can begin to trust it. Uh, if, if people trust the information, then um, they'll come back to you again and again. And uh, we see that growth happening um, in uh, our, our usage of, of the social media, our, our uh, patients and, our, and the people in the community, how they use our social media. So we feel confident that we're doing the right thing. But I think organizations have to monitor that. They have to know, are they being followed or are they being unfollowed? Uh, Jerry, do you have any safeguards against... Um you know, uh, this, this pitching, if you will. Well, I mean, we have, we have, you know, just like other digital businesses, if you will, I mean, we've got content guidelines and we've got particular, uh, forums and reviewers that, that monitor this. And so, I mean, we, we try to effectively manage it, but you know, again, it, it's a, it's a dual edged sword, right? You want to make sure that that content is meaningful uh, that it has people uh, coming back uh, because of the value of the information, um, but you don't you don't really want to um, ha- 
be onerous in terms of how that information is delivered or what kind of information is delivered. So it, it's something that we, we evaluate and, and, again, continue to evolve how we manage uh, content because that's the, the key lifeblood, as Chris was talking about, to, to having uh, engagement and having folks continue to follow you going forward. Now, um, Chris, when we come back to you, we would like to see if you as a new leader in this organization, and I'm assuming that while this may not be your main responsibility, but you may have an influence in terms of how this shapes up. What are your thoughts about making this mainstream? About making social media mainstream? Yeah, social media mainstream in the very healthcare and patient care delivery. Um, well, you know, I think that... Um it's it's interesting, um, and I, are you talking about interacting with uh, having our physicians accept us or having patients accept it or, or just all of that? So you have a role, and you will be one of the contributors towards the strategic input that may be required to put the foundation in place. That's the assumption here. And if that's the case, then what do you think would be uh, your contribution in the role that you are in to make sure that social media is exploited to its best and its values harnessed. I see. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I find myself in, com- in strategic conversations all the time about um, uh, uh, both within my own area of information systems and what we're going to do, uh, you know, to reach out to patients better. And I think uh, as a leader in, this, in that area, you need to be one who can bring understanding of the appropriateness and the power of social media to a given uh, application. And we need, our, our organizations need to hear over and over again that this is a useful thing, it's a powerful thing, um, and, and in what ways is it powerful, in what ways is it dangerous, because there's a lot of misconceptions in the general um, medical population, in the general healthcare organization population, about uh, the utility and the benefits um, of social media. And, and I think you just have to be a voice um, at every level, you know, stepping outside of just information systems and thinking about uh, uh, projects that uh, other people in my organization are involved with when they're scratching their heads saying, I wonder how we can get this information out to the public. Uh, being a, a reasonable voice and being able to come back and say, you know, that might be a great thing for an electronic newsletter or that's something that we should put on... Um, our, uh, our patient portal and message our direct patients, those that have signed up with us. Or really, that's something that should go out uh, as, a, as an e-newsletter, but also with links to it from Twitter and from Facebook so that lots of people can get in, in touch with that. I think it's our role and responsibility to be um, active proponent, you know, uh, uh, people that are pushing social media usage in the right ways and educating our, uh, our colleagues about uh, the, the uses, the benefits, and also the drawbacks. When they hear that you understand what the drawbacks are, they can begin to trust your opinion more. Now, uh, Jerry, one last question for you is that if you are going to, since you are, of course, uh, this whole initiative is underway and you are leading it from your standpoint, what specific people, tools, and processes have you put in place which, with, with an intention that this will really uh, take shape in the, in the manner that you expected? And what are the lessons learned through, like all along in this journey, at least so far? Well, in terms of, um, you know, people, tools, and processes, I think a few things. One is that we, we understand that it's a strategic, um, uh, uh, one of the strategic initiatives that we have as an organization. If you look at just, you know, 
the the rise in uh, in social media just from a healthcare perspective uh, over the last you know two years it's been fairly significant. So um, you know obviously we've created a team, a dedicated team to really manage digital media. Um, we're looking at um, improving how we communicate uh, in terms of um, how we how we engage in conversations across uh, our facilities and our communities that we serve. So uh, how do we ensure that we've got valid, good information to continue to engage, which has been a challenge in the past because, you know, we've had inconsistent use and capabilities. So how do we make those uh, more, much more consistent. How do we have ensure that we've got the right information that um, that the communities are asking for, and um, again, will value. Um, and so then, you know, it, it's ensuring that we've got uh, information and we're providing it in the appropriate channels, and that we're monitoring it so that we can continue to use this information to get to get better, to learn to provide better services and maybe areas where we're missing it, uh, missing the mark in terms of either the service itself and or how we provide the service in a particular instance and um, and starting to uh, provide then how we want to, um, you know, look at this from just a, an identity perspective. How do we want to use more of our brand identity uh, to continue to move this channel along to continue to envelop the conversations and, you know, obviously uh, uh, make them go deeper because it has value to um, the communities of which we're serving. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you both for sharing your thoughts on how social media can actually help patient care and overall healthcare delivery. Thanks so much for having us, Sanjog. Thank you so much, Sanjog. Thank you again, and uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed the conversations, got a few nuggets out of it. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care, and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel.